holding the line for the conservative movement. This is Stacy on the Right on Sirius XM Patriot 125. You know, I love it when I get to talk to Sam Sorbo. I love it when I get to talk to Kevin Sorbo. He's at K Sorbs on Twitter. He's an actor, director, producer, and author, and someone who actually shows up in my Instagram feed even when I don't know he's coming on the show. <laughs> Kevin, welcome back to the program. <laughs> Good to be back. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? How are you, and how are the kids and the fam? How's everybody? You know, everybody's great. I'm just uh, just busy right now. You know, there's a book coming out, and also with a movie coming out in October, and um, I got four in post-production. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm a busy guy. I can't complain. You know, I'm loving it because whenever you're busy, it means we have fresh content to watch that I don't have to kind of flinch or expect there to be something really disgusting flying out of the screen <laughs> at me. It's it's kind of awesome. So um, let's run down the projects before we get into, I, I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about AI and a couple of other things, but can you just give us um, some, some previews of what's to come with the projects you're working on? Well, I got a great book coming up September 1st, Brave Books. I think a lot of the uh, Brave Books have been around a while. They did great stuff. It really is like for the 4-year-old to 12-year-olds. And I, I think you're pretty well aware what Kirk Cameron did with his library readings. He, he was getting attacked by people for going in there. They'd rather have drag queens read to the kids <laughs> than Kirk Cameron, apparently. Um, my book's going to get me going even more. You know, all this attack on toxic masculinity. <laughs> my book is all about embracing masculinity, and it's called The Test of uh, Lionhood. And um, it's really a book about it's a, it's a it, it, I'm trying to make Hollywood manly again. I know it's a tough role to go, but that's the kind of road I'm on right now. And I love some of these actors that are coming out now, like Taylor Kitsch, and Mark Wahlberg. They're so tired of the woke Hollywood. And, you know, they're they're coming up the same thing and, and uh, just sort of fighting back. And that's what I'm doing with this book. It's a wonderful book. It, it's it's really about letting your boy grow up to be boys let them be boys teach them how to grow up to be men because we're just been crazy over the last decades doing this but the last 10 years as you've seen this attack on masculinity is crazy they want to turn every man into a woman every woman into a man and then, you know we meet in the middle somewhere and then what do we got it's just it's unbelievable this this is insanity of what the left wants the world to look like yeah, and the world they're ushering in is disgusting. There's no beauty. There's no rest. There's no peace. And, and there's certainly no harmony. Everyone's at each other's throats because they want us all focused on the things that divide us and the things that are different between us instead of the the 85 to 90% of everything that we do that is identical because we're all humans. And so that leads us yeah. to, and, and I love the fact that you're going to do a brave book. We we've I think we're like we're up ahead of the pack. I think I've ever interviewed every single Brave Books author. When their book comes out, they come right on the show and we talk about it. So we'll we'll have you back to talk about the book and certainly to point people in that direction because I think the content is so great and fun. It's like books that are fun for kids, um, which we need so much more of that. So you are also a leader, you and Sam, in talking about the family and how important it is. It's the bedrock of our society. It's also the building block for humanity. God created the family. It's the place from which all other things spring. And right now, there's so much assault on the family that we're seeing. It's almost like a disintegration. And you've been talking about that. And you have um, uh, some comments that you made over at foxnews.com about the fragile state of the family. Tell us more. Well, I mean, you, you see being played out all the time. I mean, say, Everything is like, you know, take the movie Barbie out right now. I haven't seen it. And it's made a boatload of money. But everybody's telling me that I've seen it, saying it's just totally attacks uh, men. Men are emasculated. Men are worthless. You don't need them in your life. 
women are the ones that can save the world and women don't need men. They don't need families. They don't need anything. And it's being played out constantly in, in our world right now when you see the birth levels are just going down, 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 down. And uh, my book, uh, really, the message I say, you know, if you eliminate the patriarchy, you're going to eliminate the human race. And the Bible teaches us to honor your father. What do sitcoms teach us? What do we get out of movies and television shows? Sitcoms for decades, ironically, the only really strong family, when I say ironically, because it really was the first African-American sitcom, was the Cosby show. And you had a strong dad, you had a strong mom, and you had a strong family ties with both of them. Most sitcoms, if you look at it, the dads are kind of dumpy and fat, and mom is hot, and the kids, teenagers, just make fun of dad. And these kids are growing up over the last decades. People are growing up watching that and emulating that, and they're taking the father out of the equation that he's important for the families. And, of course, he's important for the families. I mean, for me, the stronger the man, the stronger the family, the stronger the community, heck, the whole country. Um, We need our boys to become strong men who can lead their families and communities well because the Bible calls for men to be the providers, and that takes nothing away from women's equality. It takes nothing. Women just simply have a different role in the family unit, but we're destroying that. And certainly Black Lives Matter did it. I mean, you've seen their manifesto, destroy Mm -hmm. the family. Um, We are Marxists. We are communists. Get rid of God. Uh, They equated pregnancy to uh, slavery. And I went, wow, okay, so if everybody stopped getting pregnant, there would be no life on this planet from humans in about 100 years. That would be it. (laughs) Well, and and where's the fun in not having babies around, right, Kevin? I mean, let's, let's, let's be real here. Part of the joy in life yeah. is having babies around, having small children around, hearing their voices, hearing their laugh, and of also course. their take on the world. The, the The presence of children actually freshens up the 50-year-old adults, right? The 60-year-old adults. We, yeah. we lighten up in the presence of children because their fresh perspective and innocence renews us. And, and that's intentional. God intended us to be in families where the age is from birth to, you know, 100 and everywhere in between because each stage of life presents something for us to appreciate and challenges for us to help solve in within that extended family unit and the uh, the intact family unit of the the core family. Um you said something about the 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 sitcoms and I'll never forget when our son, we have two girls and a boy, and the boy's in the middle, and he would watch these shows, and he actually called it out to us. He said, well, in most of the shows, you know, the the jokes are about the dad. And he was like, but I don't know any real dads like the the dads in the shows. Right, Mommy? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, none of the dads that we know are like those dads. None of the dads are stupid. All the dads of my friends are smart, like like my daddy. And I said, that's true. (laughs) I said, why do you think they're doing that? He was like, I don't know. It seems like they only want to make fun of the dads. And, you know, he didn't like that. He, He really caught on to it quickly. And then he would call it out. And it's every show. I mean, save the Cosby show. Sometimes he was the butt of the joke. Sometimes it was the mom. But on the main, you are correct. He was a strong male figure and the head of that household for sure. Yeah, but this is, and they do it on purpose. That's the amazing thing. I mean, if you look at any television show, any movies, what do they do when you have a person playing a pastor, any kind of a religious leader, anybody who's playing a conservative? They're the idiots. They're the morons. They're the people that, they're the people who are the violent ones, the white conservative man. Uh, You know, it's very interesting. There was a, um, I I, I saw this, this woman was interviewing people, young women on a college campus. 
And she was a woman of, of you know, she was, I think, I think half Japanese and maybe half uh, Filipino or something. So I love the fact they weren't using some white chick. And she's walking around and she's interviewing all these women of different races. And she says, okay, what do you think about this white privilege, white male privilege? And they just went off. And she says, well, what is it uh, that white males, what privileges do they have that you don't have? And then these 20-year-old girls would go, um, well, I mean, I can't think of anything right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of running for late class. I got to go. And th- it just reinforced the fact that I've said before that all these people have, oh, they have, their, fr- they have their, their phrases, you know, you're homophobic, you're racist, you're transphobic, and that's all they have to come after you, but they have nothing to prove it. They have nothing to prove it. And they just, they just say these things with, with no backbone with it whatsoever. And they've been, they've been trained to say these things for our mainstream media. And it's really sad to me that we have to go with this over and over and over again. But that's the battle we got right now. And that's why I'm going to keep fighting for the movies that I do that have hope and love and faith, redemption, laughter, and things that Hollywood used to do. But Hollywood doesn't do that anymore. And I love how the left say they're the, pe- they're the peaceful party. They're not the peaceful party. They're the party of hate, the party of anger, the party of d- dividing everything. I mean, you sit there and look at Antifa, and you're thinking, wait a minute, you, they're against fascism? Are you kidding me? They're the fascists. And it's just, it's just weird that we're letting these people, these punks, go down the streets, put things on fire, destroy people's buildings and livelihoods. And just it's, it's why are we letting us just do this? Why are we letting people run in the grocery stores, run in the Nordstrom's, and just steal everything now? And we're just, like, where, does that, where does that stop? It's crazy. Well, it- it doesn't stop unless real men step up and say, not in my neighborhood, yeah. not in my, not, you know, not in my local uh, Nordstrom, not they, there has to be a kind of unified stance similar to the way that you're presenting tonight. It's strength, it's peaceful, but it's also firm and it, it doesn't waver. It's not a, it's not a, well, you know, sometimes it's okay to let these people have their feelings and loot and destroy. It's a, this is wrong. This is against the law. Ne- the law needs to be enforced. And so that brings us to, and, and this is along the same vein, the lawlessness was actually, I, I believe, inculcated by the improper treatment of the pandemic. And you talk at the blaze.com about, the, the title is, I'm not wearing a mask. As mandates appear to be making a comeback, Kevin Sorbo and others are not mincing words. This is also needed. I'm so glad you're out there saying it because I'm saying it here, but it's the men who have to be out front saying, you're not forcing us to mask up. Yeah, because it, it, they don't work. They've been proven not to work. And that's not me just saying it. People keep saying, follow the science. Well, the science is masks were useless. If you look at Fauci when he first came out, he said, they asked him, do we need masks in this back in 2020? And he said, no, no, you're not going to need masks. Well, he got behind the, you know, the curtain and his guy said, no, no, you can't say that. Tell him to say mask. We want control, more control. And so put on the mask. Oh, and take a shot. Oh, right. oh, you'll never get COVID again. Oh, wait, you got COVID still? Okay, take another shot. Wear two masks. Okay. Oh, gee, you got COVID again. Okay. Let's take three shots, four shots, five shots. I mean, when does this insanity end? Where do people stop being such puppets and such pussies out there and not fighting back? What's interesting about the party of, of the left, they were the ones that were always, you go back to the 60s, hey, man, we've got to fight against the man. The man was the government. And when this turnaround <laughs> yep. happened with COVID, where they're the ones saying, oh, you're going to kill grandma, you're going to kill all these people. It's just my gosh, the world has just flipped over backwards, and it's just unbelievable. They used to be the ones that would fight back with what the government is doing now, taking over control of everybody's lives. 
Yeah, and the man, not only was the man the government, it was anybody who wanted to tell you what to do in your private space, right? Yep. So anyone who said you have to yep. wear a mask to come in here or you can't open your business or the gym has to be closed or the church. Though back then it was totally punk rock to fly the middle finger, you know, you got to pull your leather jacket around you a little tighter and tell the man where to go. You you wouldn't you wouldn't listen to him. You wouldn't put a mask on. You would burn your mask and you would say we're going to be free, and if we catch this thing, we're going to beat it because we're strong and we have great immune systems because we drink a lot of beer and we stay up all night and we also work hard. That's what they used to be like. Yeah, and and it's been proven over and over again with that whole thing with, you know, with Facebook actually took me down two and a half years ago for the things I was posting. And I was posting what, what thousands of other doctors around the world were saying, and I was giving misinformation, apparently. Well, all my misinformation proved to be true. And that's why I said on Twitter, I said, I need some more conspiracy theories because everything I said has come true. So uh, it's just it's, it's crazy out there, and they want control. You look at Bill Gates should be in prison. Fauci should be in prison for what they've done to the world. And, you know, you know, they, they liquor stores were keep liquor stores open, keep the strip clubs open, but shut down those churches. You know, Governor Newsom, I mean, give me a break. Don't sing. You can't sing in churches because you're singing. You're pushing more, more COVID out to everybody else. Getting on the planes used to crack me up. Oh, stay six feet apart when you get in the plane. Yeah, but I'm just about to sit down in economy and I'm going to have 29 people closer than not six feet to me. But, you know, apparently sitting is, a, you know, you're still safe and you got your mask on. So everything is safe now. Or you go to a restaurant, restaurant, wear the mask walking. But as soon as you sit down, you can take your mask off. Don't people see the idiocy of that and the ridiculousness of that? I and mean, how stupid are people out there? And it's just we're finding out they're pretty stupid. And oh, it's yeah. Just, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I'm, I I'm only yeah. agreeing with you, Kevin, because this was the, the joke that we told. We, we were, you know, locked down here in, in St. Louis for about. I'd say three straight weeks. And then, you know, people were really getting upset. And so they started reopening things. And of course you could go to Lowe's and Home Depot and some restaurants that were pretty big. If you could seat a hundred people in your dining room, you could open up and you could just have, you know, 25% of the tables. So we had to wear a mask to get into the restaurant. But when you sat down, you could take your mask off because obviously you got to take it off so you can eat. Well, some of the restaurants would say you need to keep your mask on when the server comes over. But you can take it off when you're just sitting there by yourself. And some of the restaurants said you need to keep your mask on unless you're actually eating, right? So it depends on where you were going. So we started going over the river, Kevin, just over the river in St. Charles County. It's run by Republicans, and all the restaurants were open. And, you know, they were like, well, you know, we recommend you wear a mask, but, you know, we'd really just like you to come in and sit down and eat. So it was much more civilized because you could make the choice for yourself. They made so much money. Their tax base expanded because they were getting all of us from St. Louis County into St. Charles County to eat. And we laughed about it. I was like, well, the COVID doesn't travel side to side. It only travels, you know, six feet to the front and rear. It can only get 5.9 feet and then it just drops. It's dead. That's as far as it can go. But it can get you if you don't have a mask on, if you're not at the table. But if you're at the table, it can't get you. So it waits until you stand up. If you don't mask up, it can jump on you once you stand away from your table. And we just we would keep that up. And that's that's how we mocked it. But that's really what the left expected us to believe as science. Sure they did. Sure they did. And it, it's just it, it really it's the it's liberalism is a mental disorder. I really believe it is because these people, uh, you know, it was so easy to tell the liberals going through the airports now. You know, they're they're the one out of every 47 people are still wearing masks as they walk through the airport. 
And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's been proven they don't work. And they've even admitted they don't work. They, they, they weren't as effective as we thought they were. And uh, it's, it's, it's crazy that they're, they're about ready to put it back into uh, vogue again. Surprisingly, wow, really? So there's another, another COVID fear factor during another election year? That's mm-hmm. just shocking. I never thought mm-hmm. saw that coming. And, of course, we yeah. all saw that coming. Yeah, well, we've been talking about it. When will they they'll relax everything and let people feel some normalcy? Because there's only so much people can take, but they'll gear it up just as the election cycle begins. We're in the primary right now. So they're, you know, kind of putting their toe back in the water with, look, a lot of COVID cases. And President Biden has said we need a new vaccine, um, you know, that everyone oh, yeah. will take because yeah. it'll work. Did you did you hear him say that? Because Pfizer needs to keep making money because everything is brought to you by Pfizer, you know. So um, I don't I don't know. But. This is, this is what Brave Books is all about. Brave Books is there to raise young boys to become men. That's what it's all about. And it's a wonderful little story about Lucas the Lion Club. He's out in the woods with his little sisters. His sister gets cut by a very poisonous plant, and he doesn't have time to run back and get his dad. Otherwise, his sister's going to die. And he's learned that the only plant, the only flower that can, that can save her life is up this mountain. And it really deals with his life facing his fear. Um, embarking on this really daring quest to, to test his own courage and strength, really, to save his sister from this deadly plant infection. So um, it's a wonderful book to show kids that they can be heroes. And, uh, you know, by facing the obstacles in life, that life is going to throw at all of us. You're going to have obstacles in front of you constantly. How do you react to those obstacles? You can blame God. You can blame the government, family, friends, whatever. But the reality is, you got to kind of own up to yourself and say, what am I doing in this situation to be a better person and a better, not even a better man, but a better woman as well? Because mm-hmm. we all have to face these struggles in life. Well, what I want is for everyone to go to Brave Books and get this book. You can actually sign up for the subscription service. It's such a great opportunity to have these books as uh, an entire set, collector's items, the modern day uh, value tales. Those were my favorites uh, to read to my kids 20 years ago. Um, Kevin, it's always a pleasure to have you here. We're looking forward to the next projects. The book is now uh, films and and other things coming uh, incoming to us. We're so grateful for you guys you know, instead of shrinking back, you've charged forward and you're leading this new movement of quality content that comes from our side of the aisle, kind of getting upstream of politics into the culture. Thank you for doing that. And thanks for coming on. My pleasure. And by the way, I got to give a quick plug for my latest movie. It's not out until October, but tickets are on sale now. It's a wonderful movie that I directed. It's a true story. It's called Miracle in East Texas. And it's won 10 film festivals. Um, you can go to sorbostudios.com. You can sign up, sorbostudios.com. It's uh, Fathom Events. We only got two days in theaters. That's the way Fathom operates. But if we fill up those seats now, we'll get more screenings in more days. It's a wonderful true story set in 1930 about two con men played by myself and John Ratzenberger that went through Oklahoma and Texas wooing widows out of uh, their money on fake oil wells. Mm-hmm. And they get down to Texas and they strike oil. And, uh, they end up going to jail because they can't afford to pay all the people they ripped off. So <laughs> it, um, Lou Gossett Jr. is in it. Lou Gossett, it was awesome to work with him. Tyler Maine, my wife Sam, who you know was in it, she did a fantastic job. It won 10 film festivals, everything from Best Romantic Comedy to Judge's Favorite, Audience Favorite. It's a PG family movie. Please go check it out, Miracle East Texas. You can see the trailer at sorbostudios.com. 
And you know you can count on us since the sound of freedom, since before that, since God not God's not dead. We're we're all in for going to see our kind of stuff at the movies. And especially for Texas. I was born in Texas. I still claim it as a second home. This is the next cool thing for us to go see. Miracle in East Texas. It's actually on Jubilee Cast. It's on imdb.com if you want to learn more about it. Thank you so much for um coming on the show and for sharing all of the good work. Talk to you soon, Kevin. My pleasure. Hope to see you down the road soon. All right. <laughs> so cool. So um, I got to tell you, one of the favorite things about Sorbo Studios is the breadth of the content that they put out, the different kinds of movies, which, you know, some people are kind of known for a certain genre and they just go wherever the story leads and they make these quality films for us. So check it out. Sorbostudios.com is where you can find out about all of their new projects that are incoming and bravebooks.com for the book. Okay, we'll be right back with more Stacy on the right.